0: Welcome to the Till Shirt Report. The Till Shirt Report heard in as many as 17 states all over the world internationally, uh, the UK, France, England, uh, Canada, many, many countries, Germany, New Zealand, uh, even uh, even Puerto Rico. We picked up some listeners in Puerto Rico too. Thank you for tuning into the Till Shirt Report. Uh, you can catch us right here at the same place. Uh, you know we're on many, many uh, platforms—the major platforms uh, such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, Pod Paradise, uh, Himalaya, and many, many other uh, platforms. Uh, so uh, again, check us out. This is the Teal Shirt Report. Brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast, the absolute simplest way to make a podcast on Anchor.fm. I will tell you that Anchor's been, you know, in my mind, utilizing, uh, you know, the Anchor services. I will tell you here in the last month or two, I've noticed uh, some really nice enhancements and improvements in Anchor.fm. And again, Anchor.fm know, one of the easiest ways. I mean, the easiest way to make a podcast, anchor.fm. Also want to thank Saucerility. If you're looking to move into this beautiful North Florida area, or maybe you already live here and you're looking for more property or you're going to be moving or you have family members or friends that are looking for property, homes, real estate, etc., cetera, see Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty. Go to bigjreport.com scroll our homepage. And when you find the weather information, you'll find the link to Saucerility about midway through the weather report. We give you uh, the North Florida weather uh, forecast as well as some, uh, you know, boating, uh, marine and sea information. So right in the middle of all that, you'll find Saucerility. Check them out. Whether it's uh, real estate needs, whether it's uh, you know, home residential, Commercial business needs. Um, you know, I've seen many, many properties listed uh, by Salsarility. So for your North Florida real estate listings, remember Salsarility, and you can find their link by going to BigJReport.com. So we do want to thank Anchor.fm. That's Anchor.fm, uh, Saucerility for your North Florida real estate needs. Also, LakeUvalahits.com internet radio. And uh, LakeUfalaHits.com, L-A-K-E-E-U-F-A-U-L-A, Hits.com. Hey, where it's all good. Internet radio, some of the most identifiable hits. And and, and you're going to find your, some of your favorite songs at LakeUfalaHits.com. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for tuning in. We're sitting smack dab after seven weeks and... You know i call it the open week some people call it the bye week in fact i think most people call it the bye week right but if it was a bye it would mean you're getting something i guess in this case you're just getting a you know a week of rest a week to reflect and a week to study those incredibly bad films through most of the first seven games now the jaguars won their first game And the first game they won over the Colts was the only game where the defense gave up less than 30 points. Six straight games, the defense has given up more than 30 points in a game. You cannot win in the National Football League when you're consistently giving up over 30 points a game. My uh, displeasure with uh, defensive coordinator uh, Todd Wash has been chronicled on almost every episode of the teal shirt report you can go back and listen to any of the episodes you're now listening to episode 68 so we started the teal shirt report uh actually back in late january 2020 before the pandemic officially started like in you know mid to to late march so yeah we've been doing this uh you know, Till Shirt Report, we started the Till Shirt Report uh, podcast back in late January. My name is Scott. You know, I spent like well over 20 years in the, predominantly in the radio broadcast industry, and now I'm doing a podcast. You're welcome to tune into any of our episodes. This again is episode number 68, and we'll continue with the Till Shirt Report with much more coming up. We're also going to break down the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. I mean, the best conference in college football. We're going to talk about the SEC. Going to give you some high school football results and North Florida entertainment as the Teal Shirt Report continues. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Teal Shirt Report. Uh, thank you for listening. My name is Scott, and we're going to continue with the Teal Shirt Report. The Jaguars, sadly, are a 1-6 football team right now. No matter how you dice it, slice it, the Jaguars are 1-6 at this point. So we'll take a look at um, some of the stats. Um, of course, the last game, the Chargers beat the Jaguars back on Sunday, October the 25th. As we do this teal shirt report, of course it's the bye week or the open date, as I like to call it. Uh, in you know, in simpler terms, the Jaguars aren't playing uh, on Sunday, on November the first. They need a week off. Doug Marone, at his press conference, I believe uh, just a few days ago, last Tuesday, said, "We're starting a nine-game season." It's almost like Doug wants to forget the first seven games. I guess I would too if I were in his shoes. So, so there you go. Um, you know, Doug's. You know, Doug and Dave. I'm, I'm sure they're looking for upward improvement, upward mobility, and having a good last nine games. But you can't forget the first seven games because a lot of pundits and experts out there seem to think that. The easiest part of the schedule is already over with. That the Jaguars had their, you know, chances to beat the Cincinnati's, the Miamis, and they they just didn't get it done. The Jaguars are one and six on the season. The next game, the next game will be as we're recording this um, particular Teal Shirt report on November the first, Sunday, November the first. You know, I will tell you that. The next Jags game will be on Sunday, November the 8th. Sunday, November the 8th, the Jaguars will be hosting at TIAA bank field. Uh, limited in-person attendance, which means only like, what, 20 to 25% uh, capacity. And I understand that's the, the same way it's going to be set up, I believe, for the, the Georgia-Florida-Florida game. The Georgia-Florida-Florida-Georgia game, which is scheduled for November the 7th. And what's really interesting, though, is the Georgia-Florida game is going to be played on Saturday, November the 7th, and then the Jaguars actually play the very next day. So the um, the TIA Bankfield folks, they're going to have their works cut out for them. they got to have a college football stadium, Georgia-Florida game on Saturday, November the 7th, and then a Jaguars game the following day on Sunday, November the 8th. Kind of hard to talk about point spreads this early maybe in the Jaguars-Texans game, but the Texans are a four-point favorite. It has uh, come to my attention that uh, Gardner Minshew may have been, you know, actually playing certainly not at 100% since he got some some injuries back October the 11th in the Houston game at Houston. And, um, you know, I believe there's, what, been some talk of uh, – you know, fractures in his thumb. And so Gardner Minshew's not at 100%. Does he play in the next game? Well, we'll see. I mean, he's got a week off to recuperate. We'll just find out. He may be a game day decision. The Jags at one and six. Coach Doug Marone's already said he may do some crazy things. And maybe the craziest thing might be to change quarterbacks and we get a look at Jake Tootin. I I don't think they're going to put Mike Glennon out there. Everybody knows what Mike Glennon is. I mean, he's a guy that has started some games in the NFL. I don't think you throw Glennon out there. I think you, you know, you say, "Hey, we're going to put Tootin in there, the rookie, the six rounder, out of Oregon State, and see what he's got," because in the, um, you know, in the training camp, and again, we had no preseason because so we really couldn't take a look at Tootin in uh, game action, and because there were no preseason games, but there were some. Some so-called experts that said, hey, they, they, they did take a look at Tootin and they said, man, he can really spin it. Uh, Tootin's got a stronger arm than we than we thought. And general manager Dave Codwell, um, I guess, in putting all this together in his mind, he said, well, we, we can't put Tootin on the practice squad. We may lose him. So he's been really on the active. He'd been on the 53-man roster, I think, since uh, day one. You know, when they did the cuts, what, back in late August or thereabouts. So, Tootin may play in the next game against Houston. So, that's why a four-point spread is is maybe kind of conservative. So, the Texans are a four-point favorite as we speak one week before the actual game on Sunday, November the 8th. Let's take a look at some, uh, you know, Jaguar statistics kind of here at the, the halfway point you know, if you will. Let's take a look at what some of the players have been doing. Um, you know, our kicking has been interesting. I'm looking at the kicking stats. Josh Lambeau, Aldrich Rosas, I hope I pronounced his name right, Stephen Hoschka, who can't really, I don't think he can really kick anymore. Uh, Jonathan Brown or John Brown, the former, uh, what, UK, maybe he still plays a little UK soccer, but the former U.K. Um, soccer soccer player, John Brown, you know, kicked, played one game. Brandon Wright, one game. And all of those kickers they brought in for Lambeau, I mean, they missed kicks. You know, they really did. So Lambeau is back. And I think after the bye week, maybe Lambeau is finally at 100%. I, I don't think he was at 100% for the last game, even though he did kick, but, um, you know, he was eligible for the, to come off the IR and kick. So let's take a look at some, you know, some stats, you know, that we do have on the season, you know, you know, Gardner Minshew, apparently, according to a lot of people has been uh, hurt, uh, since October the 11th, apparently he got hurt in the October 11th game against Houston is what, you know, we're hearing now. And you take a look at the scores, Uh, Jags defense gave up 20 points against Indy on the first game. That was their best game. And there was actually one play that kind of decided that game. There was a fourth down play in which the uh, Colts were driving way back in game one to score another touchdown and go in front of the Jags, I think, by two touchdowns. The Jags defense actually stopped them on a fourth down. And that was the key to that game for the defense. Now, since then, we maybe, maybe have seen two decent halves, not good halves of football by the defense, but maybe two decent halves of football. Other than that, you know, the defense, if they have a decent half of football in the first half, the second half, man, they're going to wear down, you know. Let's take a look at the points that the um, Jags defense has given up. The first game, 20 points to Indy. You can survive giving up 20 points, but here we go. Tennessee game, which was game two, the defense gave up 30 points. The Miami Dolphins, let's see. The Miami Dolphins um, got 31 points in game three. The Bengals, 33. Houston Texans, 30. Detroit Lions scored 34 on our defense. And the LA Chargers, uh, 39 points. So you see a little trend there. The defense has given up. 30 points or more a game, every game, except for the first game against the Colts at home. So those are typically some uh, team statistics. Uh, If we take a look at, let's see, let's take a look at Gardner Minshew, his stats, uh, 176 completions out of 267 attempts. Uh, You know, 65%, I mean, is is good. Of course, he had the game, the first game, he got like 95% uh, completions the very first game against the Colts, and he was completely healthy then, I believe. So Gardner Minshew, I mean, if you look at it overall, 65% overall is not bad. It's pretty good, actually. He's, he's passed for over 1,800 yards, 1,855 yards, 13 touchdowns, and five interceptions is not not too bad. So, so that's what you got, you know, with Gardner Minshew. Taking a look at, let's take a look at some rushing stats. And uh, James Robinson, clearly an incredible find by uh, the Jaguars. And you got to give, you really got to give Coach Doug Marone and even General Manager Dave Codwell credit on finding uh, running back James Robinson. His stats 107 attempts, 481 yards, four touchdowns, a 4.5 average. Uh, he's a legitimate running back. Four touchdowns he scored. Uh, the only other rushing touchdown was scored by Gardner Minshew. So James Robinson, I mean, he's he's the guy. He is really the guy that uh, has done really, really well. You take a look at the receivers. Let's take a look at some receiving stats. Uh, Keelan Cole, of course. Let's take a look at touchdowns. Touchdowns are always fun to look at. LaVisca Chenault has, has one touchdown receiving. Uh, Chris Thompson's got a touchdown receiving. Keelan Cole has three touchdowns. DJ Chark has three touchdowns. Chris Conley caught a touchdown pass in the Chargers game the other day. A nice pass by Gardner. Uh, That was a deep, that kind of a long uh, touchdown pass too. One touchdown by uh, Chris Conley. And um, Tyler Eifert, who was hurt with a neck injury uh, last week and could not play at the LA Chargers. Tyler Eifert caught a touchdown pass earlier in the season. Um, Colin Johnson got his first touchdown. Yeah, I like that guy. I mean, this guy is about 6'5", 6'6", tall wide receiver out of Texas, and that's the wide receiver uh, touchdowns as we have it. As far as the yardage, anything that jumps out at me, uh, Keelan Cole is 374 yards receiving. A DJ Chark with 291 yards receiving so far. How about this? LaVisca Chenault. I mean, LaVisca Chenault is a guy that is a yak guy, yards after the catch. So let's take a look at Chenault. Chenault has also run the ball, had some rushing attempts. Wow, I didn't realize this. LaVisca Chenault has had 11 rushing attempts for 54 yards. And then let's take a look at the receiving. Man, is that right? LaVisca Chenault with 29 catches for 324 yards. Man, DJ Shark's got 41 catches, LaVisca Chenault 38, Keelan Cole 40. So those are the guys with the most catches. Um, Chris Conley's got 26 catches, 26 catches for Chris Conley. So that's just a breakdown of some of the stats uh, here on the Till Shirt Report. I didn't really want to get into everything, but, you know, looking at that, you know, some of the stats right there, it makes me think that, We got a good player in Lavisca Chenault. We've got a good undrafted free agent running back in James Robinson. So, the Jags will have to make up their mind. Hey, are we going forward forward with Gardner Minshew? You know, um, everybody says, "Hey, we got all these draft picks. Let's go after Trevor Lawrence." But we might not have the you know the worst record. Even though the I think the power rankings said the Jags were what thirtieth out of the 32 teams, I believe. That was according to something I looked at a few moments ago. So in any event, the draft is always big on the minds of Jaguars fans. It's held, you know, typically in April. The next draft, of course, 2021, the Jags have four picks in the first two rounds. Quite frankly, I think we need defensive alignment. But um, if there's a quarterback the Jaguars want, need, and want to build the team around in the first round, they may select the quarterback. It may depend on who's running the team. General Manager Dave Codwell will he come back for next year? Oh man, that's a look at look at Codwell's record the last eight years, and you would say there's no way if you look at the record. Uh, Doug Marone will he be back? You know I, I like Doug to a point, but when Doug Marone does not fire Todd Wash, his defensive coordinator. Because the Todd Wash issues have just not surfaced in 2020. This has been going on since like, you know, something like the fifth game, approximately the fifth game since 2018. It's more—it's a scheme issue, in my opinion. But when you've got scheme issues, got to have a lot of talent to win, right? So, and we we've talked about Todd Wash at nauseam. I mean, you can go back and and listen to our teal shirt reports. Near, nearly every episode, we're talking about issues with Todd Wash. So go back and listen to him if you like. This is episode show um, um, 68. Can you believe that? We're episode show 68 of the Teal Short Report. The next game for the Jaguars will be the Texans game. It's going to be on Sunday, November the 8th, a home game at TIAA Bank Field. Right now, the Houston Texans, a four point favorite over the Jaguars, who are one and six on the 2020 season. We got a lot of things coming up. I will tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about Southeastern Conference football. We'll take a look at some high school football results as well and North Florida Entertainment. As the Teal Shirt Report continues, you stay tuned. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Heard on typically all the major platforms, Anchor, Spotify. If I didn't mention Buzzsprout earlier i'm sorry uh, they've got a great player on buzzsprout where you can listen to the podcast a cool looking player so listen on anchor you know spotify buzzsprout apple podcast pod paradise even there's one i kind of like this one it's a little bit more of an international platform himalaya is pretty good too but we are absolutely on all the major platforms we're listened to in as many as 17 states the teal shirt report thank you for listening we got more coming up, sit tight. Stay tuned. My name is Scott. Well, you are listening to the Teal Shirt Report brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfaleHits.com, and you can follow us, as always, at BigJReport.com. So the Jaguars 1-6 on the 2020 season. You know, there were a lot of people earlier in the season. you remember when the Jaguars won the first game against the Colts? Hey, this game is winnable. That game's winnable. The Jags couldn't end up starting 3-1. and one. That was very optimistic talk early in the season. Now the optimistic talk has gone away. The talk is about the 2021 draft. Who will be the new coach? Who will possibly be the new GM? That's what you're talking about when your team is one in six. You're listening to the Till Shirt Report. Let's go to the Southeastern Conference. The greatest conference in college football, you know, I know the ACC has improved and they've got some good teams, particularly uh, Clemson, but let's take a look at uh, the sec. And Alabama has really knocked down that number one position in the big J report.com sec power rankings, Alabama now six and oh in this COVID 19 era or this COVID 19 era season that we're experiencing, that we're all experiencing here in 2020 with games that have been, you know, either canceled or postponed. But Alabama's 6-0, number one in our power rankings. Alabama smashed Mississippi State 41 to nothing. Welcome to the SEC, Mike Leach, and your air raid offense. Put a goose egg on the board. My goodness, and you remember a couple of weeks back, two or three weeks back, Mississippi State put up two points against Kentucky. Mike Leach is getting an eye-opening wake-up call here in the SEC. Hello? H- hello, Mike Leach. Alabama 41, Mississippi State nothing. Best conference in the, in America. Georgia beat Kentucky 14-3. Kentucky 2-4, Georgia 4-1. Again, Georgia 14, Kentucky 3. Alabama 41, Mississippi State nothing. Texas A&M. In our power rankings, third in our power rankings, and some people think I've got him a little bit too high. But you know, I kind of picked him to win the SEC West. That's going to be difficult now, now that Alabama's undefeated and Texas A&M has one loss. And Alabama would own the tiebreaker between Alabama and Texas A&M uh, due to the uh, due virtually, you know, certainly to the the victory that Alabama knocked off Texas A&M a few weeks ago when the season got started. So Texas A&M did defeat Arkansas, Texas A&M 42, Arkansas 31. Arkansas fell to two and three. But Arkansas has been a surprisingly pretty good football team, two and three. And I've got them in the power rankings at about number 11. And uh, Arkansas has won a couple of games. So Arkansas has been a little bit surprising. And, and you know, even in the, the, the games against the tough teams, they've been very competitive. Um, Arkansas's done a lot better than people thought they would. You know, so was Missouri. Now, Missouri ran into Florida on Saturday, October the 31st. On Halloween, the Gators, um, there was a brawl at halftime, or actually we say halftime, but it was right at the end of the second quarter. Time had run out when the brawl really kind of ensued. Florida smashed Missouri 41-17. to That victory keeps Florida at least in the top four. In the power rankings, the SEC power rankings that that we put together for the bigjreport.com, SEC power rankings. Georgia beat Kentucky 14 to 3. Georgia is number two in the power rankings. So, again, Florida 41, Missouri 17. One of those touchdowns from Missouri was actually on a pick six. So that means the defense really only gave up about 10 points for Florida against Missouri. So you got to give uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, what's his name, Todd Grantham, right? Grantham, uh, he had given up, the Gator defense had given up 100 points in three games, but they finally clamped the door on Missouri. They were back at the Swamp. Fans were fired up. There was a brawl at halftime where there were three. I think as many as three Gators uh, players ejected after the brawl or altercation, if you will. But, uh, you know, the Gators, the fans, Coach Mullen, you know, the Gators are going to protect their quarterback, Kyle Trask. I mean, it's an emotional game is what Coach Mullen said after the game, but it doesn't condone condone the fighting, the punches. And that was some of what Coach Mullen said on his uh, press conference. So, Again, you know, Florida won. They did what they had to do. Florida beat Missouri 41-17, to and this sets up the uh, Georgia-Florida game for Saturday, November the 7th, right here in Jacksonville, Florida at TIAA Bank Field. That's really what it comes down to. Now, Florida, the LSU game that got um, postponed here a couple of weeks ago sets up an interesting situation. Even if Florida beats Georgia, Florida still got to play LSU the week before the SEC championship game. Although LSU looks very beatable, they're way down in our power rankings around. I'm looking at it now. It looks like they're around. My goodness, do we have LSU 13th in the power rankings now? I think I've got LSU all the way down to 13th in the power rankings. And, uh, you know, George's. I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, Georgia's uh, quarterback, 9 for 13, 131 yards against Kentucky, two interceptions. He did have a rushing TD. That's uh, Mr. Bennett uh, for Georgia. Georgia is, is not a opponent. I mean, they, 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 they could come out and play well against Florida, but it's going to be Florida's offense versus Georgia's defense. That's where the game's going to be won. I'm taking Florida by six points, but I say that, but the SEC – the SEC office the SEC commissioner they probably there's a chance that some of the players in that brawl could possibly be suspended for the Florida Georgia game, and that would just be a travesty. I mean, this is such a big game everybody's been looking forward to. I mean, there were three players ejected um, at halftime of the Missouri Florida game. You think that would be enough? I mean, if you look at the play that Missouri, the cheap shot that Missouri got on Trask, I mean, the the Gator player said, "Hey, we're defending our quarterback. You came after our quarterback. You you it looks like you hit him late," and there was. Uh, In my mind, looking at the highlight, there was uh, some excessive force, to say the least. So, I mean, it was a brawl, no doubt about it. Three players, um, I believe three Gators, were ejected, you know, at halftime, and they couldn't continue. They couldn't play the second half. The SEC office is going to rule on some of this. They're going to go back to that film again and see who was throwing the punches. And there may actually, maybe there's a guy that they might suspend that didn't even get ejected. Let's see how the SEC rolls on this. I'm I'm really interested to see how many players the SEC tries to suspend for the Georgia-Florida game, which I think is – you know, if you suspend several players, I mean, that's just bad for the conference, you know. Of course, there's people that will say, hey, the brawl was bad for the conference, but but was it? I mean, Florida was defending their quarterback. So back over the scoreboard, Florida defeated Missouri 41-17. to My prediction of the Florida-Georgia game, I like Florida by six points, Florida 28, Georgia 22. Going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I could be wrong, but Georgia's got the defense. Florida's got the offense. I think Florida's defense, they played a lot better against Missouri, and Georgia's offense has some difficulties at times. So this could be a low-scoring game, especially with Georgia's defense versus Florida's offense. I'm going to take Florida 28, Georgia 22, and the big one in Jacksonville. This game is is really for all the marbles in the SEC East and a trip to the, uh, the SEC championship game in Atlanta. And it's going to be in mid-December, of course, this year in the COVID-19 season. So back to some scores. Again, Georgia 14, Kentucky 3, Alabama 41, Mississippi State nothing as Alabama pasted Mississippi State. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's an interesting character. Man, he's got some play calls, doesn't he? Ole Miss defeated Vandy. Ole Miss 54, Vandy 21. Now watch some of the highlights there was there was a play that um, the SEC network was kind of describing it as a jet sweep but was it a pass was it a jet sweep uh you know it's one of those plays where you you know you flip you flip the ball to a player very pretty play on the highlights actually but you know let's give lane kiffin some props here i mean 54 points against vanderbilt a lot of teams can score a lot of points on vanderbilt even though Vanderbilt has had some good defensive teams, you know, for the last few years off and on. But Ole Miss got 54, Vanderbilt 21. Ole Miss is now two and four. But, you know, Lane Kiffin is going to have to, you know, they're, they're right now the Ole Miss fans are very, very patient with Lane Kiffin. They like the play calling. Let's see what Lane Kiffin does in year two and and then later on down the road in year three. But there's some good coaches in the SEC, some good play callers, Dan Mullen, uh, Lane Kiffin. uh, The Alabama play caller does a good job as well. Uh, But again, back to the scoreboard, Ole Miss 54, Vandy 21. Auburn trounced LSU. You know, and after the game, Coach O said, we got to come up stronger. We got to come up stronger. Uh, We got outplayed up front. And uh, that's really what happened. The Auburn secondary is really good. They're getting a lot of rave reviews. The Auburn secondary, Auburn crushed LSU, Auburn 48 and LSU 11, the final score. So again, going around the SEC real quickly, Georgia 14, Kentucky three, Alabama 41, Mississippi state, nothing Auburn crushes LSU, Auburn 48, LSU 11. Texas A&M outlasted Arkansas. Texas A&M, uh, forty-two. Arkansas, thirty-one. And I believe that's about all the games. A couple of teams didn't play. It looks like Tennessee did not play. And um, again, interesting. You got um, you got the power rankings. We're going to take a look at. Again, I believe I hit all the scores uh, from from this week. Again, Florida. beat up Missouri pretty good 41 to 17. I believe Kyle Trask had what four touchdown passes in the game? Another good performance by Kyle Trask. And this week, uh, Todd Grantham's defense stepped up for the Gators. They only gave up, the defense really only gave up 10 points. One of the, um, uh, one of the touchdowns was a pick six that Missouri's, uh, that was the very first, first touchdown that Missouri scored, you know, early in the first half. But Florida you know, outlasted Missouri, outplayed them. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how the SEC office and commissioner rules with possible player suspensions for the upcoming uh, Georgia-Florida or Florida-Georgia game, if you will. So, yes, we hit um, basically all the uh, scores from the Southeastern Conference. And let's take a look at the power rankings now. Alabama 6-0 on top, number one in the bigjreport.com, SEC power rankings Alabama 6 and 0 number 1 Georgia 4 and 1 number 2 Texas A&M 4 and 1 number 3 I got Florida down at fourth now 3 and 1 Auburn is fifth at 4 and 2 Ladies and gentlemen those are your contenders those are the five teams out of the out of the 14 teams in the SEC that are legitimate still Legitimate contenders with even even Auburn at four and two, still with an outside, a very outside shot of winning the SEC title. So Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida, and and Auburn. Let me repeat that again. Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida, and Auburn. All five of those teams still legitimate contenders for the SEC title. So we got Alabama number one at six and oh, Georgia number two, four and one. Texas AM third at four and one, Florida fourth at three and one. Auburn is fifth at five four and two. Auburn's four and two and, and fifth in our power rankings. Number six, boy, this is a tough one. Who do you put at number six? Well, we're gonna we're gonna keep Tennessee at number six at two and three. Ole Miss two and four at number seven. Got Missouri two and three at eighth. Um Must champ in South Carolina, ninth at two and three. Boy, it's hard to separate some of these teams. Kentucky, two and four, tenth. Kentucky's not bad. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Kentucky, uh, they're two and four. They won a couple of conference games. So, Kentucky, um, you know, they're not bad, but they're down to tenth now with four conference losses. Mississippi State, I almost had them at 11th, and then I flip-flopped them. I said I got Arkansas at 11th, Mississippi State. At one and four, 12th. So Arkansas, eleventh at two and three because they won a couple of conference games. Arkansas is eleventh. Mississippi State is twelfth at one and four. LSU thirteenth. Oh my goodness, boy! They're missing. Uh, they're missing their quarterback Burrow, the Heisman Trophy guy from last year in that dream national championship season. They just don't. They don't have that quarterback. That great quarterback anymore. The um, quarterback coach uh, that called, uh, they really called the bulk of the plays last year, is now with the Carolina Panthers. His last name is Brady. Uh, no relation to Tom, I don't think. But uh, you know, he's uh, with the Carolina Panthers in the NFL, and you know, and and there you go. So LSU's missing uh, their quarterback. Their quarterback coach, that was, uh, I think he was the big play caller working with Burrow last year. But LSU's thirteenth in our power rankings. LSU now two and three. Um, LSU, I mean, they got smashed by Auburn, forty-eight to eleven on Halloween. Boy, trick or treat, right? So LSU was two and three and rank. Let's see, LSU's thirteenth in the power rankings, and Vandy pulling up the rear at zero and four. Vandy, man, Vandy got Vandy got smoked by Ole Miss. Ole Miss put a 54 burger up on Vandy. It was Ole Miss 54, Vandy 21. So you know our top five teams, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, AM, Florida, and Auburn still in contention for the SEC title. Auburn still got to play Bama. And, um, you know, Florida and Georgia are going to be going at it. So there's still some big, big games coming up in the Southeastern Conference. Turning our attention to North Florida entertainment, you know, I I really like the Carlos Alvarez movie that I saw on the SEC Network called The Cuban Comet. And that's really the time in life I started watching SEC football, the Florida Gators in particular. And Carlos Alvarez had a career at the University of Florida from 1969 1970 and 71. His best year was really his first year when he was one of the super softs, along with uh, John Reeves, Tommy Durrance. John Reeves and Tommy Durance. sadly have passed away. And Carlos Alvarez is the only remaining living super soft of those three guys, you know, from back in the late 60s, early 70s. So it's a it's a really good movie. It's, a, you know, more, more or less one of those sports documentaries, if you will, on the SEC network. They had the, uh, you know, the the grand viewing, you know, the uh, the 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 very first night that it was offered up on the SEC network. Good audience. Um, my my friend on Facebook, uh, Buddy Martin, is is even in the documentary uh, making some comments and commentary. So you get to see Buddy Martin, Carlos Alvarez. Great documentary. Doug Dickey shows up, and man, my my. Really, my first coach in Florida Gator history, Doug Dickey. Man, he he, uh, he 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 really was. Uh, you know, Doug was. Doug won a couple of SEC titles when he coached at Tennessee, and then he went to Florida. Man, Doug did not come. He did not come out looking good on the uh, Carlos Alvarez Cuban Comet the movie documentary if you will but check it out if you get a chance some concerts coming back to florida theater 38 special jacksonville florida's very own 38 special be in concert at the florida theater on december the 10th 50 percent capacity which means the uh, 1900 seat venue of the florida theater you're probably going to have only maybe eight nine hundred up to a thousand people at the most people have to wear a mask and obviously social distancing and 50 percent capacity on december the 10th for 38 special that's december the 10th of 2020 at the florida theater downtown jacksonville way down the road way down the yellow brick road goodbye yellow yeah the elton john goodbye yellow brick road farewell tour is coming not in 2021 not not in 2021 but 2022 Uh, It'll kick off in January of 2022. I believe in New Orleans, or as they say, New Orleans, New Orleans in January of 2022. It'll start, uh, I believe, mid-January in New Orleans. And uh, then Elton John uh, will make his way about three months later down to Jacksonville. The Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour uh, will be on April the 23rd at the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena at the big arena uh, here in Jacksonville. That'll be on April the 23rd of 2022. So that's what we got for North Florida Entertainment. Uh, We'll take a look at some high school football action coming up in a moment. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. And again, thank you for tuning in. Well, you are listening to the Teal Short Report. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, the next Jaguars game will be against the Texans. Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday afternoon, November the 8th at 1 uh, o'clock p.m. for the kickoff. Right now, as we speak several days before that game, uh, the Texans are a four-point favorite. Gardner Minshew, it's been found, has got some, what, some, some little fractures in his thumb. And he... You know, may not have been 100% the last few games. I believe he first got hurt around the October, the 11th game, the last game against Houston in Houston. So, you know, Gardner's, you know, he's a competitor. He is a competitor. He wants to be out there. He's got reasons for wanting to be out there because, I mean, hey, this is his year to show what he can do. when you think about the Jaguars possibly drafting a quarterback in the first round next year, this is Gardner's shot at showing what he can do. He's a competitor wants to be out there. I mean, if he's injured some and can't be a hundred percent, yes, that could, that could probably hurt the team. Yes. But Gardner wants to be out there. He wants to win. He's a competitor. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Does Jake Luton get a shot to play quarterback in the next game? Possibly. We'll just have to see. Well, you know, certainly, um, investigate and discuss that more on the next uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is uh, episode number 68. We're going to take a look at some high school football scores. And again, the Teal Shirt Report brought to you by Anchor.fm, the simplest way, the easiest way to do a podcast. Um, Also by uh, LakeUfallahits.com, Internet Radio. It's all good. LakeUfallahits.com, Saucer Realty. That's right, Cerility in North Florida for your, uh, you know, your residential listings, uh, home, commercial, business. You know, they've got a lot of listings with Cerility. Go to BigJReport.com, uh, search our homepage, find the weather information, and the link to Saucerility uh, here in North Florida uh, is within that weather report. It's, you know, right there. I think after the forecast and before the boating marine, and sea information. So check it out, uh, Saucer Realty, North Florida real estate listings. If you want to move to North Florida or possibly you just want to acquire some more property or um, you know whatever the case may be for your real estate needs, remember Saucer Realty here in North Florida and Mr. Larry Saucer, you can find his link in the weather information on the homepage at bigjreport.com. And you can follow us at bigjreport.com as well. So let's take a look at some um, some high school football scores uh, from back on Friday night, October the 30th. We won't have them all. In our next podcast, we'll probably be adding some, some high school football scores, but we got quite a bulk of the high school scores as we try to do North Florida, South Georgia, even at times parts of uh, South Alabama as well. I think most of what I have uh, today is North Florida scores. Uh, Baker County, the Baker County Wildcats beat Bishop Kenny 49-7. West Nassau 24, Andrew Jackson 12. The Westside Wolverines defeated Terry Parker. Westside Wolverines 19, Terry Parker 14. Palatka, Palatka defeated Middleburg. Palatka 20, Middleburg 15. Uh, Lake Mary had a three to nothing lead on a but a came roaring back and won that game. A from actually uh, down uh, near the Central Florida area, but uh, Larry Cole, you know, is uh, one of my good Facebook friends, and he's he, you know he's in our uh, BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. So we try to we try to get the Apopka score on. Uh, it was the Apopka Blue Darters, as they known, one of the most uh, unique. Nicknames in uh, high school football. I think two of the the most unique uh, the most unique nicknames would be the Apopka Blue Darters, and also the Lakeland Dreadnoughts. So some some cool but different nicknames. The Apopka Blue Darters twenty one, Lake Mary nine. The final as uh, Apopka came from behind to win that game. Um, other scores: Union County twenty one, Chieflin, nothing that was actually a third quarter score we still got to get a final on that one and sometimes we get partial scores and we don't quite get the finals but we'll go back through you know in the next few hours and and update some of these partial scores we have st augustine did defeat pontevedra st augustine 44 pontevedra 14 i think the union county 21 21 to nothing lead over late in the third quarter is probably pretty safe so congratulations to union county st augustine 44 pontevedra 14 a final uh mandarin the mandarin mustangs where carson beck won a state championship now he's uh, with the university of georgia but the mandarin mustangs 34 my Ed White commanders 12. that was the final score uh, back on friday night october the 30th again mandarin the Mandarin Mustangs, 34. The Ed White Commanders, 12. Bartram Trail, Alex Nunry's high school he went to. Bartram Trail, 28. Sandalwood, 13. The final. The Lee Generals, where my dad went to school. The Lee Generals uh, defeated the Gainesville Purple Hurricanes. Lee, 29. The Gainesville Purple Hurricanes, 3. Also, Clay High School. The Clay High School Blue Devils, 63. Ridgeview 27. Uh, Matanzas uh, defeated Englewood. Matanzas 41. Englewood Rams 6, a so final. Menendez defeated Orange Park in a bit of a shootout. Menendez 35, Orange Park 32, the final. Uh, Baldwin, that's right, Baldwin. Baldwin 22, Yulee 17. Mark Brunel's Episcopal Eagles defeated the Paxson Eagles, Battle of the Eagles. Episcopal uh, from Jacksonville 48, Paxson Eagles here in Jacksonville 28. So it was Episcopal 48, Paxson 28 the final. Hilliard, the Hilliard Flashes remained undefeated. I, I believe they're 7-0 now. Um Hilliard. Hilliard knocked off Halifax Academy. Hilliard 50, Halifax Academy 6 the final. Bishop Snyder defeated Branson. Bishop Snyder 21, Branson 18. And that's, um, you know, that's actually a pretty good list of high school football games we've got primarily in North Florida. We will be checking South Georgia and parts of South Bama uh, coming up on the next podcast as well. So you can get your high school football scores and reports uh, right here on the Teal Shirt Report. Now, Alex Nunnery is uh, vacationing. He's kind of wrapped up in the glamour of it all, of a vacation up in the mountains right now and, and a well-deserved vacation for Alex. I know he's, he's a hardworking guy and, uh, and knows a lot about sports, and we appreciate all of his help. He's an outstanding BigJReport.com contributor, and uh, Alex is having a, a blast up in the mountains, up in the Carolinas and enjoying himself, and Alex will be uh, happy when you get back uh, because we miss you on the high school football uh, reports and interviews, but Alex did leave us a message, you know, about him taking a little time off and vacationing up in the mountains. Uh, Here now is Alex Nunry. Alex?
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. There will be no, no interviews this week or next week because I'm in vacation and Boone with my family. The next week, football games are on Friday Thursday night. We'll continue the interview Friday, November 13th. We will be at Fletcher versus Atlanta Coast. Thank you. Have a good night.
0: Hey, uh, thank you, you, Alex. Um, Alex Nunnery, BigJReport.com contributor. We appreciate his uh, high school reports and high school football interviews. Right here on the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you so much, Alex. We'll be updating the high school football scores even more on the next podcast. I think primarily on this podcast we give you mainly North Florida scores. Uh, We'll, you know, we 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 seem to on the weekend get most of the scores, and then sometimes we got to research some, you know, some other scores, particularly South Georgia. Uh, you know, parts of South Alabama, the Bama scores. So, we try to bring you scores from North Florida, South Georgia, and, and even parts of South Alabama here on the Teal Shirt Report. want to thank our uh, contributor, Alex Nunnery, doing a great job. Alex is a contributor to the bigjreport.com. Also up in Alabama, uh, our boy JC. That's right, Brother John. Uh, Brother JC uh, helps us with uh, stuff going on. You know, in South Alabama, Eufaula, Dothan, and um, I know that uh, Eufaula High School had a great regular season, 8-2 and two, when they finished the regular season with a six-game winning streak. We'll be in search of their playoff score because I know they're going to the playoffs. So we'll be taking a look at uh, Eufaula, Alabama and their their playoff score. We'll, w- once we get the playoff score, we'll pass it along to you on the Teal Shirt Report. But Eufaula, Alabama did finish 8-2. and two and finish with a six-game winning streak in fall Alabama. And I appreciate that information from JC. Uh, he's one of our freelance writers uh, for the BigJReport.com. So thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report today. Again, we're sponsored by Anchor.fm, uh, Saucerility, hits.com, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. As we get set to wrap up the Teal Shirt Report, man, I'm looking at the brawl, the highlights of the brawl. Boy, Dan Mullen got hot, man. He got a little bit hot uh, right at the end of the second quarter, and man, there were there were some there was a lot of pushing and shoving. There were some punches thrown. Uh, three players, I believe, three Florida Gator players, were ejected after the altercation. Officially, it was considered the altercation was officially taking place at the very end of the first half. So, And there were players ejected, so they were not able to finish the three players that were ejected were not able to finish the second half of the Missouri game. How does this affect the upcoming Florida-Georgia game? On Saturday, November the 7th here in Jacksonville at TIA Bank Field. Let's face it. The Georgia-Florida game is the biggest game in the Southeastern Conference Eastern Division. Meanwhile, you know, the biggest game in the SEC West is, you know, is particularly this year has got to be Alabama-Auburn. Uh, the Texas A&M-Alabama game earlier in the season was a big one too, but Alabama prevailed and, you know, really Alabama proved they were better than Texas A&M. Auburn though, all of a sudden Auburn's 4-2. and two. Auburn smoked LSU 48-11 to 11 on, um, on Halloween on Saturday, October the 31st. So, so there you go, SEC football, man. It's uh, gonna go down to the wire. You got you got about five teams that are legitimate contenders that are still possibly hanging on and contending. Maybe Auburn's hanging on by a thread because they got two losses. But I always thought that the SEC West champion this year might have as many as two losses. So we'll see. Alabama six and zero, Georgia four and one, Texas A and M four and one, Florida three and one, and Auburn four and two those are basically your contenders these are the teams that have basically uh uh, two losses or or less so those are the top five teams in our power rankings we did take a look at all 14 teams a little bit earlier in the uh, teal shirt report so thank you for tuning in we're on all the major platforms um, you know your spotify's buzzsprout apple podcast etc pod paradise I know JC listens to us on Pod Paradise I believe. But uh, we're going to give some shout outs. If you want to get a shout out or you want to give a shout out, you can you can hey, you can send us a message. Alex Nunnery sends his high school interviews well, basically on messages through Anchor. And if you have any comments about the brawl in the Florida Missouri game or you have any comments about the Jaguars, you can leave us comments. Uh, I believe the only thing you have to do is sign up uh, for the Anchor app and uh, you can leave us messages and, and you know, we'll take, we'll take a listen to the message. And in most cases, we'll you know, play it right here on the Teal Shirt Report. So if you have any opinions about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, SEC football, that brawl between uh, Florida and Missouri, let us know. You can leave us messages on the Anchor app. Now, the cool thing about it, when people leave us messages on the Anchor app, not only will you hear us on anchor.fm, but you'll hear us on all the platforms. It'll it'll go over to all the platforms: the Spotify, the Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Pod Paradise, Anchor, uh, Himalaya. You'll be everywhere. Uh, you know where? Again, we're listened to in as many as 17 states across the United States. Now, man, we're everywhere with the countries: uh, France, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. France, Hong Kong, the UK, Germany, New Zealand, uh, Puerto Rico. We are listened to everywhere, you know, almost, almost everywhere in the world. So thank you for tuning in uh, to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott. And what about the Jaguars? What's going to happen the next game? What is going to happen? I mean, will Minshew play? And since he's banged up, will he not play? Will Jake Luton get a chance to start a game? So we'll see. there will be a lot of questions answered on Sunday, November the 8th at 1 o'clock p.m. with the kickoff as uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars host the Houston Texans. The Texans right now, as we speak uh, a few days before the game, uh, the Texans are four-point favorite. And it's going to be Doug Marone's, uh, you know, the opening of his nine-game season, the final nine games, because I think Doug has almost forgotten the first seven. So we'll see what happens. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. And thank you for listening. My name is Scott. I'm out. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. And again, a special thank you to Alex Nunnery, one of our producers of the Teal Shirt Report, one of our BigJReport.com uh, contributors, and also our freelance, uh, our BigJReport.com freelance writer, JC. Going to give JC a shout-out. Alex Nunnery. Have a good vacation up in the Carolinas, up in the mountains, and want to say hello to Mad Max and um, you, Fall Alabama, listening in too. I want to thank all of you. If you're listening, and I don't know you're listening, let me know. Uh, you can email me at uh, Scott at BigJReport That is Scott at BigJReport or send us a message uh, through the, you know, through the Anchor app. So, um, you know, I'm looking at the SEC network. I see Gus Malzahn is being interviewed. He's got to be happy that 48 to 11 blasting over LSU. We'll talk more SEC football in the next episode, uh, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, and, of course, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars football. Right now, you have been listening to episode 68 of the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott, and, hey, I'm out. (laughs)